This week's episode is brought to you by Third Eye Comics, your friendly neighborhood comic shop with seven locations in the Maryland, D.C., and Virginia area. They're your one-stop shop for all things comics, graphic novels, toys, games, records, movies, and more. Not local, but still looking for an awesome place to meet all your comic needs? They've got an amazing website, shop.thirdeyecomics.com, where you can browse thousands of items, Pre-order your new comics and have it sent right to your doorstep for a flat $5 shipping rate. They were such a blessing during lockdown. Mm -hmm. Just as our Usagi Yojimbo passions were brewing, we were able to reach out to them, order all the books that they had on their shelves, all the saga collections from Dark Horse Comics, and get them to our door lickety split. And here's a little hot tip. They have out-of-print comics at cover price. I hate to tell you that because we want them all for ourselves. We do not have a Third Eye Comics near us, but we do make the long trek out to Annapolis on a routine basis because the shop is so grand and gorgeous. And it's an honor to have Third Eye Comics sponsoring Comic Book Couples Counseling because, yes, they are one of the best comic book shops in the country. Google any best comic book shop list and you will find them. And it's in no small part because they have the kindest, most helpful, coolest staff on the planet. They will fill your comics niche. But again, even if you're not within driving distance, it's worth checking out their website. Find a link in the show notes and start browsing and shopping today. Third Eye is here to help you read comics, play games, collect toys, spin records, and never grow up. You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. And I'm Brad Gullickson. And each month we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four color realm. And in this episode, Brad? Yes. Would you mind giving me some reverb? I could do that. When we first dropped our shells on the sewer floor, took our broken hearts, put them to the sword. Everybody here was Hamato before. You can fight who you fight. Shredder with crustacean hands in our creator corner. We are talking to comics great Jason Aaron about his upcoming run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics from IDW. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic, Lisa. Thank you so much. (laughs) A lot has happened since our last episode with Tom Scholey. Uh, You already know that on March 8th at the Washington, D.C. Convention Center as part of AwesomeCon, the first ever Comic Book Couples Counseling panel will occur at 8.30 p.m. in room 206. And you also know that we are paralyzed with fear that nobody's going to show up, (laughs) and we are counting on you. And we still don't know exactly what a Comic Book Couples Counseling panel is. We're working on that right now. And we're open to suggestions. What would you like to see? And now we've also learned that the Comic Book Couples counseling panel has been accepted at C2E2 in April. (laughs) So we're going to Chicago and this is going to be my first time in Chicago, Lisa. Does that mean that we have to commission Elliot to make us a tour shirt with just like two, (laughs) with just like two cities on it? 
Wouldn't that be funny just on the back? <laughs> I love that idea. I'd be willing to just write write, well, write on the back with a Sharpie. I mean, right now we know that the panel is going to be in Washington, D.C., and it's going to be in Chicago. We're planning on submitting it to New York as well and San Diego. And we're definitely going to be at San Diego in New York, too. Also, Baltimore. So we could have, like, a handful of cities on the back of that shirt. My maybe. my Partridge family dreams are coming true. <laughs> We're taking our show on the road. When do we get a bus? I'm, oh, man. The CBCC mobile? Uh, I'm into it. Or the CBCC van, our, our turtle wagon. That's Ooh. what we really need. Uh, yeah, so Lisa and I are super stoked. And yes, we're a little nervous. Uh, we hope if you're listening and if you're in Washington, D.C. or near Washington, D.C., I mean, like like driving distance. You can drive a few hours. We need you to show up at these panels and bring the comic book couples counseling love uh, so that we can keep doing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm sure by the time you're there, we'll figure out what the panel is. And if we haven't, we can figure it out together. <laughs> oh, no. The, I mean, like, here's where being a working couple becomes really, like, Challenging. Stressful. Because I am like a hyper fixated planner where I want this huge parachute of plans where it's you just want a like, script you want yeah, a script yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and brad is like let's just see how it goes that's how his creativity oh, I, I, thrives I, I, lisa i think that i proved last year at our idw ninja turtles panel this at new true. york comic-con that we could create a plan that we could create a script and i think that's what we're going to end up doing for our panels as well script is like not the right word but a plan an outline and we want it to be interactive yes right so we're going to be talking about our favorite comic book couples and we want you to bring your favorite comic book couples to the panel and we're as thinking well. of maybe figuring out how we as a group can maybe rank these couples or something yeah we're not it's yeah. just a vague idea and we're going to record the whole thing and depending on how well it goes it'll either show up in the patreon feed or maybe in the main feed or nowhere or nowhere <laughs> or nowhere you'll know how it goes if you never hear from us again but but the crucial element is you so please again if you're in the washington dc area or the chicago area please consider coming out to support comic book couples counseling we will be in your debt forever we're already in your debt forever because you're listening to this episode right now but we'll be doubling down in that debt with you and also if you live in chicago and you know a great place to get like cocktails we are going to want to hit the bar afterwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we, we should do some meetups we Ooh, should do some meetups. you can have a drink with us yeah uh so okay speaking of panels and teenage mutant ninja turtles when we did that panel in new york in october we were talking about the build-up to issue 150 the climax of sophie campbell's epic run and we're only a couple issues away from issue 150 at this point and lisa and i are buzzing to see how this is all going to come to an end but when we did that panel everyone wanted to know what's coming next what happens after issue 150 and now we know. We totally did not know at the time. And they instructed us to not ask, which is a very, it, it was a very weird position for us because you'll hear in this Jason Aaron interview, we will try to find our way into for you to tell us the thing that you don't want to tell us. 
but we should take comfort in the fact that we will eventually know. Sooner rather than later, we will read the issue that comes after 150, and now we know that that issue will be written by Jason Aaron, and it will be a new number one launching in July, and the first four issues will each focus on a different turtle and feature a unique artist. Issue one kicks off with Raphael and artist Joel Jones. Issue two is Michelangelo and Raphael Albuquerque. Issue three is Leonardo and Cliff Chang. And issue four is Donatello with Chris Burnham. However, in June, Jason Aaron will tease the new ongoing as part of the Alpha Issue one-shot, and Chris Burnham is providing the art for that. Also in that Alpha Issue, issue will also get a story from fan favorite Tom Waltz and Gavin Smith and this is where we'll find out what's going on with Jenica the fifth turtle there is so much anxiety about what's going on with her post issue 150 oh, yes. at New York Comic Con a lot of Jenica curiosity and insiders know that I think that Gavin Smith <laughs> draws the most effable turtles <laughs> arms like a surfer chest like a linoleum floor into it I am into it. Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> They're Turtles. They're years old. We're peers. <laughs> Speaking of one-shots, this is so cool. Eric Burnham is writing a TMNT Saturday Morning Adventures crossover with the animated Usagi Yojimbo along with the so artist cool. Jack Lawrence. That's out in June, too. Don't worry. Stan Sakai is doing a variant cover for it. I'm loving the Saturday Morning Adventures issues. Uh, 13 is coming up real soon, and Sarah Meyer is kind of doing this multiverse story yes. with Eric, and the art that we've seen from that issue is just incredible. Sarah doing Mirage Studios characters. Oh, uh, my, yeah. my heart literally grows like three sizes. And another one of our favorite cartoonists, Junie Ba, will be writing the new Night Watcher series for artist Pharaoh Pei, who did the most excellent Stranger Things crossover series, and that is also exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have not read the Stranger Things crossover because you're like, eh, Stranger Things is not for me, uh, this is a perfect Ninja Turtles comic. Again, if you're a Mirage Studios maniac like us, you need to read this series. Then we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Black, White, and Green. This is basically the series we've been waiting for for a long, long time. It's an anthology series inviting a myriad of creators to participate in the characters and lore. This is what made the Mirage Studios run so cool. Because in addition to Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, you would have cartoonists like Richard Corbin and Michael Zuli and Stephen Bissett doing issues. And like you got all of these different perspectives on what the Turtles could be. Yeah, and so now with IDW, you'll have people like Declan Shalvey, Paulina Ganachow, Javier Rodriguez, Jock, and more. Could you find a more different set of artists? Oh, I, I love it. I love it. And like, that's the thing. Like right now, I think we should all be petitioning IDW and being like, look, I need Dave Chisholm yes. on Ninja Turtles. I need Danny Warren Johnson. Yes, Christian Ward. Christian Ward, Carl Stevens. Yes. Like the possibilities are endless, are infinite. And finally, we also learned this past week that in addition to the Jason Aaron ongoing, there will be another series called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Nation. And this one will be spearheaded by creators like Tom Waltz and Sophie Campbell. As promised, she's not ditching Turtles forever after 150 Yay. as well as a bunch of other cool cats along the way the idw run has introduced so many incredible mutant characters in the last 10 plus years and this book will offer a spotlight for them is it just me or do you also find it like 
soul satisfying knowing that IDW is going all out for the Ninja Turtles 40th. Yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely is soul satisfying. This is what you would want to see from them. And I'm crazy excited about all of those titles. Yeah, me too. I feel like, I feel like since we did the NYCC IDW Ninja Turtles panel, I feel like a proud ambassador. <laughs> yeah, I, get I have it. no responsibility oh, oh, for it and like, so much pride in it. That's ridiculous, Lisa. Yes. That's so silly and not like we we have no ownership over the turtles in any way but like i do think that that panel and that episode that interview that we did with kevin eastman link in the show notes that did kind of embolden our passion mm -hmm. for turtles like we were already turtle maniacs and that just cranked it up a couple more notches so this is the amount of thirstiness we brought into this Jason Aaron interview. <laughs> no lies detected. I mean, we were just excited to have Jason Aaron on, period. Not just for his Thor and his Wolverine and the X-Men, but everything that he's been doing since he left Marvel. Yeah, I mean, those recent issues of Action Comics and I freaking have been having so much fun with Batman Off-World. Yeah, yeah. And now, just just this week, the Uncle Scrooge thing, oh, into it. So into, into it. it. But our goal really was to make this conversation an exclusive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles conversation. But before we can actually bring Jason into the love nest, Lisa, we need to do some referrals. Sponsored by Omnibus. Omnibus is a modern digital comic book store and reader app carrying your favorite single issues, volumes, and omnibuses all day and date. Just like your local comic book store, you pay per book, but digital. Their focus is on building an excellent customer shopping and reading experience and using novel discovery features to help fans find their next new favorite book. They feature top tier content and already have many of the top publishers in comics today. In the spirit of helping people find their next new favorite book, we have our referrals segment. The idea is to give our counselees, that's you guys, further reading on the themes of the episode. Think of it as us sending you to specialists to further your healing journey through comic books. And for this episode, Lisa and I wanted to focus on all the really rad IDW stuff that is on Omnibus, specifically the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff. And for my referral, I wanted to select a book that actually just published this past week, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles source book from Patrick Ellers. And I think if you are a reader who is jumping into the Ninja Turtles IDW run because of Jason Aaron, and you're excited about a new number one issue, this is a book you're gonna want to reference because there are 150 issues before Jason Aaron's book and he may reference some characters or some plot lines or just some lore that you're unfamiliar with. Like Pigeon Pete could show up in the Jason Aaron run and you're gonna be like, well, who the heck is Pigeon Pete? Well, guess what? You can find out all about Pigeon Pete in the source book. When I was a kid, the Marvel Encyclopedia was an essential item in my household because I would be reading a Daredevil back issue and Stiltman would appear and I would have no reference or understanding of who or what the heck Stiltman is. 
And then I would go to the encyclopedia and there would be like a page or maybe even two pages on Stilt Man. And I would be relieved, you know, because I couldn't afford to buy all the back issues of the Marvel Universe, but the encyclopedia had my back. And that's what the Ninja Turtle Sourcebook does for the IDW run. And I'm also just excited that Sourcebooks are making a comeback. Yeah. So yeah, seek this one out on Omnibus, hit that preview button, but also just like hit that purchase and get that Sourcebook and get ready for Jason Aaron's run. That's a great referral, Brad. Now, my referral is for people who are not lazy and, and easily satisfied by just looking something up at a little source book oh, okay. because you can go all the way back to issue one with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle IDW Collections Volumes 1 through 4. And then you can also go to Sophie Campbell's entire run and then you get the source book because that is so much information and you're and you're going to need like a little refresher. All right. I like it. I like it. And we do need to go back all the way to the beginning of the IDW run because we started with Sophie Campbell with issue 101. So we got to do issue one through 100. Yeah. Yeah. Because we learned stuff in that source book and now we're curious I can't believe you took a dump on my referral and then included my referral in your referral. Yeah, well, like, you're, you're, I have no defense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so uh, Omnibus, if you have a browser, you have access to the shop. You don't need the app. You don't need the iPad. You can just click the link in the show notes, start browsing and buying comics today. And with that, So ends our referrals. Let's bring Jason Aaron into the loveness to talk some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're trying to figure out what the vibe of his series is going to be. We're exploring the origins of his Ninja Turtles love. We do mention a specific comic in this conversation. We got the impression from that comicbook.com interview that the first issue he ever read was issue four. But in re-listening to the audio of this chat, I actually think his first issue was number three. Which is a great issue. (laughs) It's It's a great issue. It's a great issue. But when you're listening to this, you know, know that we know that we understand that his first issue was probably actually three. Don't send us any emails about it. Feel free to email us to tell us what a great job we're doing. We love getting those emails. Those are really nice. Words of affirmation only. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, here is Jason Aaron, we're excited about it. You're excited about it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one hitting shops in July, but don't forget that alpha issue hits in June. Jason, welcome to Comic Book Couples Counseling. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, we are doing great now that you're here, uh, and we're super <laughs> excited to talk turtles. I thought we could start at your Ninja Turtle origin story. Uh, our understanding is that the first Ninja Turtles comic you picked up was the Mirage Studios issue four. Uh, can you take us back to that moment? Yeah, the the yeah it was issue four, uh, right? That's the one. It's mostly them running from the cops. There's Foot Clan stuff. There's some April stuff, and then it ends with like the Utram uh, have kidnapped Splinter. So you get the whole right. smorgasbord of like these are the types of turtle stories there can be, <laughs> and anything can be a turtle story. 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there was a, you know, it was a book, um, even in those early issues, like you're saying, it was kind of pointing in a lot of wild directions, but it still felt like, for the most part, a story about um, these four guys, you know, I say in quotes, hang, hanging out in the sewers of New York City, right? Like, and getting, in, and that one literally just running from the cops, which turned out to be a misunderstanding by the end, but still an issue that's mostly a a chase scene, which is one of those things that's not super easy to do. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly where I found that, that issue it would have been, you know, I was kind of still bouncing around from um, comic shop to comic shop in those days um, before I'd settled down to, you know, with, with the one that was going to stick around for a while. But I, I, I added the book to my pull list kind of right after that. Um, and, and, you know, read that Mirage Studio book through the uh, Return to New York and City at War and all the stuff that was to come and, and loved it. And, you know, kind of that was sort of my gateway into, you know, the whole explosion of, of indie publishers and comics in the 80s. And I ate up so much of that stuff. I mean, it was, I think for me, it felt like I'm looking back at it now, it seemed like a really incredible time to pick up comics for the first time, you know, I mean, I got them off the spinner rack and then um, searched high and low to find every place in my neck of the woods that sold old comics. And, and just when that, that explosion of stuff that turtles was really, you know, leading the way there was kind of every different genre, every different kind of story. Um, So I got, got exposed to so much, I think, um at that period of my life which made me comic book reader forever and ultimately you know made me want to do this for a living you know those early mirage episodes uh lisa and i have been reading those comics or rereading those comics and one of the things that we just like you know long uh attach ourselves to is the style and how Eastman and Laird, when they got so busy, they invited on all these other creators to contribute to those stories. And you would have people like Richard Corbin illustrating them and Stephen Bissett would do an issue, Rick Veach. Uh, and what's exciting about you launching Ninja Turtles is that you're collaborating with, you know, Chris Burnham, Joel Jones, Cliff Chang, Raphael Albuquerque, some serious stylists. Um, is that something that you are looking to lean into with your run i mean i that's a good question i think everything you just said is something i'm looking to lean into right i mean i absolutely for me kind of the touchstone the beginning and end of my thoughts on on all things turtle turtles goes back to eastman and layered in that original book right like there was such a a grittiness a rawness to that series you know, it felt almost punk rock in a way with these guys um, scratching it out and doing this book on their own and becoming so huge. And they, I just love the, I just love the, the grime that felt like that book had, right? Like you could feel that sewer and it felt like it left kind of dirt under your fingernails after you read it. Um, yes, there was that string of amazing artists. Uh, everybody you named are some of my favorite artists, um, you, you know, in my, in all my time in comics. Um, and I am absolutely getting to work with Murderer's Row of Talent um, to, to launch this book. And I think, uh, you know, Chris Burnham is kind of the first guy up and that he's doing the the preview story that runs in the alpha issue. 
um, comes out before issue one, which for me, really, you know, that was the first tur turtle story I wrote. And it was very much about kind of setting the tone, right? I mean, one, it's a it's an interesting story and kind of where it, the situation it plops you down into and kind of wh where things start. But the main thing of it was just to show this is what the tone of the book is going to be. I don't think I can explain that to you. You kind of just going to have to wait and pick it up. I think once you, especially once you see what the you know the amazing stuff Chris is is doing on it, you'll get it. I think he absolutely nails it. But I, to me, it's a it's a combination of everything you're talking about from from that original series. And after that alpha issue, you're splitting off and each turtle is getting their solo title and that is also something from the mirage era where it's like okay this is raphael's issue and his name is you know on the cover like the title and and then donatello has an issue and so on like what function do these solo turtle stories have for you yeah i mean i think a couple different functions part of it is just you know i don't want to reveal too much of plot wise like what's going on i mean i think it's you know it's safe to say that there's a there's a gap in time between um the you know sophie's last issue and the end of the previous volume and when we pick up uh with where the where these brothers are at at this point in time and they're in some su surprising places right so some of it is just the surprise of like where are these guys when we when we catch up with them the other part is just to sort of dig into who they each are, right? And what makes them different from each other. And I, I mean, I, to me, it's kind of things always start with character more than plot. I think I'm a more of a character writer than I am a guy who's going to dazzle you with plot mechanics. So some of it is just for me, um, I think it, it functions both as an entry point for people picking up the book who were, who were reading the previous volume or who've, haven't read any of it. It doesn't matter. You can pick it up and jump right into this, but it's also kind of my entry point, you know, as the guy crafting this story, as I'm able to, to dig into each of the four turtles, you know, and give them their moment in the spotlight before we crash everything together in, in some wild new ways. We've been living with the turtles as a culture for 40 years and we've seen many iterations of them. And we've also like now we have 150 issues at IDW of narrative. And a lot of that narrative is additive. We're adding we're adding um, characters. We're adding history. We're adding all of these things. And it makes me wonder, like, what is essentially turtles? We've taken them in so many directions, but boiled down. What about the turtles cannot be taken away? Like so far, they have to be turtles you know, but they don't have to be teenagers, <laughs> you know, they have to be mutants, but like, how different do they really need to be? Now there's tons of mutants, you know, like what is right. essentially turtles to you? I mean, that that's a really good question. I think some of that is, you know, something I have to answer um, on the page, right? I mean, I would say, I would say in particular, these first four issues of the book, which, you know, very much set the tone for everything, we are we are exploring every part of that name, right? Like the mm -hmm. teenage part, mutant part, ninja part, turtle part. Every every word of that, exploring in a different way, right? And reinterpreting um, exactly what you're saying. What what are the essential parts of these characters? What what do we all love about them? Um, going back to the very beginning, forty years ago. 
how are we saying something different with these characters while also, um, you know, honoring, honoring that core. So, which I feel like is, that's what I do every week, right? That's what I do when I'm writing Thor or Batman or, or whoever. Um, so yeah, I think the 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 first four issues will will explore all that in in some interesting and surprising ways. And then, so for for you, what is the appeal of having them all together? You know, we're we're assuming, uh, without talking plot points, that the brothers will get back together. What is the appeal of having sibling heroes like the Ninja Turtles? You know, so you can see them not get along with each other. Usually, I think. I mean, that's always my favorite stuff. I don't, you know, like when I think about Star Wars and when I fell in love with the the characters in the first film, it's, they all hate each other, right? Like they all argue, argue and bicker and insult each other. And so I think some of it, you know, I mean, I, when I was first talking about the, the, the turtles, I kind of equated it to the, the Rolling Stones. I'm a big Stones fan. I think I, my younger years, I was more of a Beatles guy, and then I became more of a Stones guy as I got older. And one of the things that drew me to the Stones is just how it was always work, right? Like, there are all the stories about people who'd come to play with them for the first time and be horrified because they 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 sounded like a garage band, you know, never played together. They, they couldn't flip a switch, you know, they had to work to get there. And once they got there, then suddenly, like, oh, you know, it's like the Rolling Stones showed up. But it was always work and there was always the chance that it could kind of fall apart, you know, with the drop of a hat. So some of that feels like the the dynamic I feel with the turtles, right? Like they're they're very different. There are times they sort of pull in four different directions, but part of that is kind of what makes them strong as a group. And that can be really, really fun, you know, to explore. Yeah. And this idea of like family, it, it, is there truly an unconditional love within family? I think is always a fun thing to uh, pick at with the turtles. Sure. And that, you know, that, that, that dynamic can, can change and grow as you get older. Like we're, you know, we're not, this is not, um, we're not doing, you know, 30 year old mutant ninja turtles. These are still, um, like I said, there's a gap in time between the previous volume and this one, but we're not, we're not jumping far ahead and into their lives, but I still feel like they're, uh, you know, whatever age you want to feel like they are, I don't think we ever nail it down exactly. Uh, still a point in their lives where, you know, regular kids are, are going through much, let alone these guys and everything they've been through. And you're still in some ways changing and growing and figuring out uh, who you are and who you want to be. And I, I think that's kind of, for me, that's sort of how, where I feel like these guys are at when we catch up to them. So it's been made abundantly clear, like, this is not a reboot. This is in continuity with this 150 IDW issues, which we're so excited about. And you mentioned in your interview with comicbook.com, and I had never put this together in my head, but like, you have never written a reboot. Like, you have always written within continuity and i'm just wondering like is that a coincidence or is it just like a preference like a personal preference or is it like a matter of like principle <laughs> no i don't think it's a matter of principle i mean i the, i mean i said that and i had to think like no I, I i think that's right i don't think i ever have right like i mm -hmm. i mean i wrote an ultimate captain america right story is like my one thing in the ultimate universe but no it's not a matter of principle it's just 
we we don't do those things that often, right? Like there've mm -hmm. been some big versions of it. I've just never been a part of it for whatever reason. Um, and that was certainly that was never a discussion here. You know, it's the the IDW series has been um, such a great read, such a huge success. It has expanded the cast of characters and the universe and the timeline and all that stuff for turtles in such huge huge uh successful impactful ways so we're not looking to throw any of that out you know you'll you'll see i think id idw has just started to announce kind of some of the other books and projects that'll be a part of fleshing out the entire turtles lineup and, and taking advantage of you know so many of the different characters that sophie and and, and tom waltz and everybody have introduced over the last 150 issues um that said with this book um, this series, I am trying to focus in more just on that core cast. Um, mm -hmm. To start with, we're just focusing on the four turtles. Where we go from there and who gets added to the cast, you'll kind of have to wait and see. But um, the, this is, um, um, I think we've even announced that this is, you know, this story is called Return to New York, which is um, kind of has a few different meanings. Um, and then some of it is just sort of going back to ground of where these where these guys started um, th that original series and, and using that as a springboard for kind of where they go now and how do we take them somewhere that feels familiar but is also you know strikingly new. I'm always a fan, like more of a fan of the like New York centric Foot Clan stories. I love a more grounded turtle story i want to be in space <laughs> um so like what about like well i will say don't just because it's called return to new york don't assume every part of this story takes place in new york sure but why return to new york like why well like i said i think there's a couple different meanings to that in terms of what that means story-wise i'm not gonna tell you you have to wait to see that part but mm -hmm. i think you can you can assume there's something there of, of, like you said, of just kind of returning to the roots, returning to the core, focusing in on these four guys, kind of looking back at where they started 40 years ago and how do we use that as the blueprint to, to move forward. And when you're working on the turtles, do you have to put yourself in a different mindset than working on any other character? Or, uh, you know, is this is it really that different for you? to do this versus Batman or action comics or whatever. No, I mean, I think I've only got one mindset. I think that's all I've got. You know, I think to me, my job always feels the same really. I mean, and I, I can't tell you everything I've been writing in these in particular in these last two months, but it is kind of a staggering array of characters and properties wildly different. Like the most diverse array of stuff I've ever written in my you know, 20 years of doing this have I done in the last two months. Um, so to, from week to week, I am writing characters and genres and stories that are completely different from what I did to the week before. But it never feels like, you know, I, I have to sit down and start from scratch and, and do mm -hmm. this in a different way. To me, I'm still doing the same job every week, right? I kind of only know the one one way to do it. I'm I mean, I the it's it's all about me, kind of what I like to read, right? And I like to read all kind of different stuff. 
Um, so that's, I mean, that's ultimately the only way I know how to write stories is write the, I don't know how to write something that you guys want to read or anybody else. I just have to write something that um, engages me that, um, that I think is cool and interesting and has something to say and I have an emotional response to and that's it. So week to week, whether it's turtles or Batman or um, you know, whatever, like that, that's, that's how I sit down to do it. And do you feel rejuvenated in some way in these last uh, several months playing in these different playgrounds? I mean, I, I, I think in some sense I've been rejuvenated just in the last like year or so. I mean, you know, the, the previous few years were, were challenging just like they were for, for lots of people. Um, so I think, you know, I kind of very consciously wanted to step off the ongoing series train for a bit after doing so many of them for, you know, solidly for like 15, 16 years. I wanted to take a break from that, got back to traveling a little bit, you know, went to more conventions, which I realized I had really missed, you know, turns out when you just, I mean, my job is so, um, solitary, right? Like I just sit sit right here at my desk by myself and type stuff off and send it out into the ether. So turns out it pays to, you know, get out of the house once in a while and go mm -hmm. meet people like you guys who actually pick up the books and read them and enjoy them. Um, like that, that realized I needed that joy. I needed that connection. So enjoyed that, enjoyed getting back to traveling a little bit. And yeah, the, I think being able to step away from being exclusive and kind of take any phone call that came my way has been really exciting. There've been, um, you know, a lot of surprises that have come up because of that. And Turtles is certainly one of the biggest, um, you know, it's, I think a, some of the books I've done over the course of my career that, that feel most special to me and that have kind of made the biggest impact or had the most effect on other people are all stories that kind of came, came up, at a certain moment in time, right? Like I was, I wasn't walking around for, for years with a briefcase full of Thor stories. I wanted mm. to tell, I didn't have any until I realized one day, I think I want to do Thor. Um, so I, 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 I love those moments where it feels like this is the, I mean, turtles is again, is a book I've read and enjoyed for years. I don't think I was walking around with a turtle's pitch. And then suddenly it was on the table and I realized, oh, absolutely, absolutely do I want to do this. Right now is the is the perfect moment for me to do this. Um, so I, I, I love those kind of moments. And I've been able to have a lot of them um, in this last year or so with, with a lot of different publishers. Like I'm kind of, you know, spread, spreading my wings and, and working with a, a lot of a lot of people I've never worked with before across comics, which is exciting. You've avoided answering the question, which is your favorite turtle. So I'm everybody, just going... everybody's asked me that so far. But I think like when when we ask that, I can say as a turtles nerd, like when we ask that, the subtext of that is goes back to when we were all 12 years old playing yeah. in the backyard and going like, which turtle are you going to be? Like, which turtle sure. are you? Like, for example. I thought I, uh, I am a Mikey. I'm a Mikey. I'm here to entertain. Yeah. I am not afraid of telling you like I'm sore. Like, like that's me. I'm Mikey. Like which turtle are you? <laughs> I'm not the, 
I'm absolutely not going to answer that question. <gasps> I look, if you had asked me, if you had asked me a year ago before I was writing this book, I, pro I probably could have given you an answer just for me as a reader. Once I'm starting to write the book, on the one hand, I shouldn't have a favorite turtle, right? Like I want right. you, I mean, I want you to pick up this book and regardless of who your favorite turtle is, I want you to read it and feel like we have the same favorite turtle, right? Because I, mm -hmm. my job is to sort of get what the appeal of each one of those guys is, right? And not, not assume just everybody comes in and already loves these guys and has a favorite turtle. I need to show you like, this is why this guy's cool. This is why that guy's cool. This is why they're cool. Separately, this is what's fun when, you know, about it once you throw them together. So that's my, that's my job, right? Like I can't, I can't shortchange any one of these guys since they are, they are the book, right? Is is sort of nailing these guys and, and you have to enjoy spending, wanting, you know, spending time with each one of them. So yeah, I can't say I have a favorite right now. I think that that's probably one of the unique challenges of writing a turtles book because the Ninja Turtles, Janica aside, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Janica aside, the Ninja Turtles has always had four main characters and they're all main characters. And when your guy is not the center of like, doesn't feel like one of the main characters, all of a sudden, like I personally feel slighted where I'm like, there's not <laughs> enough, there's not enough Mikey in this book. And now all of a sudden my feelings are hurt. Like, is that one of the reasons we do need to have these issues? Like, or is it hard to balance four main characters? Well, I don't know. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm writing all four of them together yet. So oh, we're right. still, <laughs> so we'll see. No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, again, uh, part of what I, what I love about the series and, made me fall in love with those characters in the first place is the, their interactions with each other. You know, I mean, I love those solo adventures too. Um, but it's, it's, it's the fun that comes once you, once you throw them all together. Um, so we, we do get to that pretty quickly, but I, I sorry, I, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, you don't get any Mikey until issue two. So you do have to wait. You have I to know. wait a whole entire issue before you get any hint of Mikey. Or you know what? You started uh, Turtles with four. <laughs> I'll start with two on your series. How do you like that? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could, I guess, but uh, but issue one is going to be pretty awesome. It's drawn by Joel Jones, and yeah, I think it's the one. It's the one I knew. Like I, I need to lead with this one because I think, like I said, I felt you know like that um, the Alpha story that we're doing that Chris Burnham's drawing is a good tone setter you also know you know maybe everybody doesn't see that one maybe everybody doesn't pick that one up so issue one still has to be very much the beginning of the story i'm I'm really excited for people to kind of see how how we lead things off in that issue one i mean we're dying we're dying to get to those issues and we appreciate you having the conversation with us where you cannot really like uh say yes, too much we we couldn't get you Sorry, on i don't anything. mean to be i don't mean to be <laughs> coy but um you know, the, the the hopefully people can can hear what I have said and and get the idea of kind of what this book is going to be like and what what we're aiming for, and if nothing else, be excited about the amazing you know group of artists we've got working on these books: Joel and Chris and Raphael Albuquerque, Cliff Chang. Like it's a pretty stellar lineup. Yeah, it's uh, undeniable. It's yeah. undeniable, and the hype is real. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be satisfied based on 
everything that all of you have provided us in the past. It's it's uh, an intoxicating combination of talent coming on to Ninja Turtles, and we cannot wait to. It is. It is an intoxicating <laughs> group of talent. Yes, I feel I feel drunk every day. I get to sit down and write this book. You know, we were at your panel at WonderCon a year ago, anticipating all the things that you might be up to uh, with all the possibility laid before you. And we've just been really enjoying uh, the comics that you have so far been attached to in the last uh, several months. And we, we just we're ready for the, the next batch. And we're certainly ready for Thanks. some Ninja Turtles. Thank you. Yeah, there'll there'll be some more surprises to come very soon. So stay very tuned. cool. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. all Return to New York. New York. Zog is waiting for you. Return to New York. Return to New York. So like that's the big homework coming out of this conversation with Jason Aaron is to read or reread Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issues 19 through 21 of the Mirage era, which was the original Return to New York storyline. Yes, yes. We read it after speaking to Jason, but before speaking to you. And like one of the things that stood out to me was just how beautifully detailed the sewers were. They looked like medieval castles. Honestly, like this could be recency bias, but having just consumed those three issues, I think Jim Lawson pencils with inks by Peter Laird, that is maybe peak Ninja Turtle art. Like it's exquisite in issue 19. It's also made me really curious about how, like, is it just going to be he's taking vibes from Return to New York or if he's, like, taking story ideas? Because in the Mirage era, they they had believed that Shredder was killed and this is kind of a, like a resurrection story yeah, 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 yeah. with like the weirdest, clones. the weirdest worm-filled <laughs> clones. Yeah, yeah. Like when we were talking to Jason, Jason was, you know, obviously he really didn't want to talk specifics in any way about what he's exploring plot-wise. Because he cares about you guys right, and he doesn't right, want to, right. to ruin your experience. But like the impression that I got is that for him, Return to New York is about grounding the turtles, mm-hmm. refocusing on the core brothers. And when you ground the turtles, that doesn't necessarily mean like you're not also exploring the ridiculously weird because the Ninja Turtles from the very beginning has been ridiculously weird. I wonder also if like, Grounding the turtles means grounding them back into their original feud with Oraku Saki because over these 150 issues with IDW, mm-hmm. Shredder has become an extremely nuanced character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has more like good guy, bad guy vibes. Right, you know? right, right. So, what is the threat in the Jason Aaron run? I'm very curious to see that reveal. Plus, it's clear from this chat that the sibling rivalry is important to Jason Aaron as well. And when you look at the Return to New York storyline from the Mirage era, that feud, that schism between Raphael and Leonardo is very important. But there's also a moment of coming back together. Yes. 
Although Mikey very much takes a back seat, <laughs> and I don't like that at all. That is true. Donatella, though, does get some cool licks in. He does. And he does. You know, I, I, you know, like I don't think you can read the Return to New York storyline and go like, "Aha! I know exactly what Jason Aaron is going to do." But I think there's some fun clues there. And if there's not clues. It's just like a fun story that gets your imagination going. I think it would be exciting to return to this storyline, Lisa, in July when the new number one drops and kind of continue the conversation that we had been doing with our counseling session yes. of the Turtle Brothers. And we'll have links in the show notes to all of our Ninja Turtles uh, conversations, all our episodes, because we've talked about the Turtles a lot on this podcast. Because how can you not? And if you just want to tweet at us, and tell us which Ninja Turtle you are, which is a completely <laughs> different question than what's your favorite Ninja Turtle. Lisa, you backed off. I kept waiting for you to go like, I, I kept waiting for you to say that to Jason. No, no, no. I'm saying which turtle are you? Which turtle are you? Well, we'll have to ask him that question again, because we're going to need to have Jason back on the podcast after at least those first four issues are out so we can really dig into the content of what he's exploring. I am dying to do that. Yeah. I hope it happens. Knock on shell. So hopefully everyone listening has their calendars marked. The Ninja Turtles Alpha issue comes out in June, and the new number one of Jason Aaron's run drops in July. But also, let's not get ahead of ourselves, because The Last Ronin 2, that comes out on March 6th. We have two more issues left of Sophie Campbell's run. Issues 149 and 150 are on their way. And then on May 4th, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Free Comic Book Day issue, which will have a preview of Junie Ba's Night Watcher plus some other really cool stuff in it too. We've said it before and we'll say it again. There has never been a better time to be a Turtles fan. Facts, 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 facts. Or never been a better time to be a comic book couples counseling fan. Aww. Because we've got two comic book couples counseling panels coming up at AwesomeCon and C2E2. Again, we hope to see you there. Uh, last night, we screened The Meteor Man with a special video introduction from director Robert Townsend at the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester, Virginia. And we announced our next film screening, which will be Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy, which came out 20 years ago. Can you believe it? I cannot. I remember sneaking out of a hotel room. My grandfather and I were traveling across the country. We were in Pittsburgh. And that night I snuck out to go see Hellboy in the theater alone. And it was a great night with Red. And because it's the 40th anniversary of Ninja Turtles, we're working to get a screening going at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester that will be turtle related. No promises, but that's the plan as of now. And our next episode will be a counseling session. Scott Summers, Emma Frost, this is their third time on our counseling couch. And I think we're making progress. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Lisa has started reading Avengers vs. X-Men, which will be the focus of this counseling session. And Lisa... I'm still wondering why. <laughs> They've barely been in this book. <laughs> it, it is an essential entry. I think you, you're going to see real darn soon. Uh, and then after that, we have two 
ultimate conversations coming to you. We have a conversation with Tyler Crook in which we are going full spoilers yes. on the Lonesome Hunters. And then we will have a conversation with Tom King going full spoilers on Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Very excited to record those conversations. They haven't happened yet, but they are on the calendar. Okay, Brad, it is time for me to do as the Ninja Turtles do. It's winter time now, it is chilly outside, so I'm gonna just slow my metabolism down and go into a, a period of torpor and brewmate. <laughs> Lisa just- Bury me! <laughs> Bury me under the ground! Lisa just read issue 31 of Ninja Turtles, the Souls Winter Michael Zuli issue and discovered that the turtles hibernate Yeah, and it's blowing her mind. It's brewmates and yes it is. <laughs> uh, okay, did you ask me- Oh, where can our listeners send their words about affirmation to you brad you can find me on most social medias at mouth dork if you have words of affirmation for our logo you can send them to aaron prescott at a cool hand fluke if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art and show posters send them to karen chap at karen underscore x-men fan lisa where can our listeners send the words of affirmation to you I'm always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Audible, Apple Podcasts, or whatever app you prefer. We're everywhere. And if you'd like to get exclusive, mm. you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on all the socials at CBCC Podcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Audible or Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? Yes, please. We're fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Return to New York. New York. That was late. That was like, it had to come in a shred earlier. <laughs> My New York? Yes. Welcome New to New York. New York! York! Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Return to New York. <laughs> you have to do it. I know. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let's get a good pause here before we, before we do it. Here we go. Return to New York. New York. Dog is waiting <laughs> for you. Return to New York. Let me try it one more time. <laughs> Let me try it one more time. Oh my God. This is definitely the stinger. Return to New York. New York. No, I can't. Woo. Return to New Like it, it, when, if you were saying it yourself, it would be return to New York. New York. Ret so when you say new, I say New York. No, when I say your, you say New York. So New York, New York. So. So let's try. New let's York, do it without the stress of, you know, like this is the take. Let, all right, let, give it to me. Give it to me. Return to New York. New York. New Zone York. Is New York. For do you. I, but is that good? New York. Is my New York good? Yeah. Is it, should it be like? Let should it be New play. York or is it like New York? New, New York. York. New York. Yeah. New York. All right, I got it. I got it. New okay. York. Okay. Hold on. Let me take this off of oh Wi-Fi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Return to New York. New York. Song is waiting for you. Return to New York. New York. Return to New York. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't, I only do it the one time? Yeah, but that was fine. Let's just keep it. No, no, we let's can't because you break. You, no, let's do okay. it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Can I play you T-Swift doing it? Okay. Where's my phone? <laughs>